Hey everyone, it's Ido here, uh, your green-eyed rogue friend. That That's a lie, don't ask me to be your friend. Anyway, I was minding my own business. I was helping solve a murder at work. Classic Janderson Breffitt's Parchment Company kind of stuff. Uh, and then I got kidnapped because I'm a tiefling and we're very valuable. Well, our eyeballs are. Apparently they get turned into Electrum or something. Which is uh, very concerning as a tiefling who has been using Electrum a reasonable amount. So the guys, they came in, they busted in, they smashed up some dudes. They found me um, on an operating table, which was definitely not a traumatic experience. And then uh, they fought Marvelous. But I'll be honest, I was pretty out of it at that point. Um, apparently they fought a rock monster, which is pretty cool. And of course he won, because pff, we're super strong. Duh. And to top it all off, we saved a bunch of tieflings that had been kidnapped off the streets. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a situation. We had to figure out what to do with them. Anyway, I'm really going to have to stop giving my dad so many heart attacks. Oh, and um, by the way, the murderer was Karen's friend, Barb, and also Stephen Charity helped, so ha <laughs> Screw you, Stephen. I know he's dead. It's probably a bit rude, but he was really mean to me. everybody and welcome to the terrible adventures of the Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company, a D&D podcast for the 9 to 5 in all of us. My name is Penny D and I will be your DM today and if I was an item on a charcuterie board I would be those like artisan pickles. Like those ones that you're like you can eat them by themselves, they can go on the meat or you can have them on crackers, whatever it is, I would be the pickles. Hi I'm Poppy, I play Ido the tiefling rogue. Um, and the item on a charcuterie board that I would be, uh, I'm thinking, you know, that, um, like, stiff jelly, <laughs> you know, like, the fig <laughs> jelly. Yeah, the paste. The, yeah, yeah, like, nobody really knows what I'm for, but I'm there. <laughs> uh, my name is Stephanie and I play Frankie the Human. Uh, I think I would be, like, the brie or the camembert because, like, on the outside, I'm that really weird, tasty, sort of slightly fuzzy <laughs> skin but on the inside I'm really good and soft and gooey. (laughs) All right I'm Liz and I play Karen the dwarf barbarian and if I was an item on the security board I would be the cheese knife because I'm always cutting the cheese. Woo! That's a fart joke. I'm joking. Please don't do that here. (laughs) (laughs) No I would be the cracker because I might look um, plain and boring and very white but I can always uh, be added to <laughs> and I'm always there to support my friends. No. <laughs> How do I follow up with that? Um, hi, I'm Nate and I play Flindler, the Halfling Bard. Um, and I would either be the chili chocolate dip that just is there for some flavour or the blueberries that just get like sprinkled in amongst it to fill the gaps. Oh yeah, the blueberries. Arc 3, who spiked the punch, is over. You guys solved the mystery, fought a dark angel, uh, invaded a big mansion, fought an elemental. That was a hell of a, that was a bit of an arc, wasn't it? That was one hell of a Friday night. God, yeah. Wow. So now it is time for Smoko 3. <laughs> a little bit of a break for our hardworking adventurers. Mm-hmm.
It's the very next day since the start of the office party. You're all nursing injuries, you're all so tired, you've been reconnected with your families, and you've all deserved to sleep in, which you each partake in for all of Saturday to give your minds and bodies a chance to rest. How do you choose to spend your Saturday? So Flynnvar has um, visited a couple of his family's noble friends to raid their libraries, just to, um, he's been a bit overcome, I suppose, by the variants of people that we've had to fight, so he's d done some uh, subtle researching along with his social responsibilities and also visited a blacksmith, Amory, yeah. Yeah, to get some uh, little ball bearings, so he's brought some things there. Cross two silver off of your money. What specifically are you researching? I'll say you can ask me one question with the time that you have to research. More into scrolls, but also just the types of elemental beings and um, magical beings that there were lore about. So okay. um, basically who was looking into the stories that have been told and trying to pick out what could be still truth for um, our group. Okay, well, so you've, you've now encountered an earth elemental. So you do a little bit of research on them, you start there, and you discover that they come from a different world, a different plane called the Earth Plane, that is supposedly another dimension uh, that kind of like exists around the material plane where you guys live. There are also, uh, there are four of those dimensions, so apparently there's a, a water plane, a fire plane, and a air plane. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> a plane of air and supposedly lore says that for example a lot of the jinn come from each of these planes so like for example you know murphy to be a fire genasi so his ancestors likely came from the plane of fire where you would also find fire elementals and other such types of creatures so you spend um a quiet afternoon reading about the planes and uh, you, it's very rare that anybody crosses over. Without magic existing in the Prime Material Plane, the travel is really one way and there's really no record of like what magic still exists in the other planes. Um, you find no record of anyone visiting from any of the elemental planes um, other than these types of like uh, temporary summons that have happened. Like, uh, so. Mr. Marvelous used a scroll that was summon Earth Elemental, so he pulled an elemental in from another plane and gave it a command. Um, and then when it was killed, it either maybe it dissipated or perhaps it returned to its plane. Uh, you have no real way of knowing. Cool. Are you satisfied with that? Yeah. I didn't even make you roll for that. I should, <laughs> <laughs> I should have made you roll. Frankie would spend it uh, studying that weapon he found. Okay. I know I didn't make Flynn roll anything, but I will ask you to roll. Uh, you can use a set of tools of your choice. I'm just going to use my, I guess, tinkerer tools. So add your intelligence modifier and your proficiency bonus. 11 plus 7, 18. Yeah. So this is a propulsion weapon, similar to a crossbow. Um, let's call it a gun, for <laughs> argument's sake. It uses a small amount of basically like it uses it ignites a small amount of flammable powder mm -hmm. in a small chamber to then propel uh, a projectile uh, forwards at a, at a blisteringly fast rate um, and the projectile that was preloaded into the into the weapon mm -hmm. i mean it's it's definitely the same as the coins it just seems to have been created a different shape okay. um, but it does appear to be made of green electrum you get the feeling that when this gun is fired something bad will probably happen or you know something very destructive will happen or given what you learned about green electrum mm -hmm. um, the previous day 
Um, this is definitely not something that should be played with. But with this, with the roll that you did, you successfully managed to take it apart and put it back together and figure out how it works. Um, essentially, you um, cock the back of it to close the chamber. You pull the trigger and it will send whatever is loaded into it, assuming it's the right shape, uh, forward at a very high rate. Okay. Let's say its base damage is 1d12. But you have, I mean, that would be with a regular bullet of which you ha currently have none. And do I know the shape of the said bullet? So if I want to go and someplace and see if they can make it, would it be? Yeah, so the, the, the I mean, it's very, very similar to a, like a real life bullet. Okay. It is a, um, a small cylinder with a rounded end um, that you assume is for um, like wind resistance, basically to like allow it to travel very yeah, fast. Okay, yeah, that's um, cool. Well, that's the shape of the green one anyway. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to do with your day? No, I'll just do that. Okay. You know. Uh, you, do you do you have a workshop at home, or is it really just like a desk in your bedroom? Um, I'm actually just drawing it now, so it's like he has a little like knapsack, or well, not knapsack, but you know, like when there's little like cots, a tiny little bed off in the corner in the room sort of under his stairs so it has that weird sort of angle and then there's like a desk with all of his bits and a bookshelf well a shelf with all of more bits and it's just very messy and, and frankie yeah. so yeah, one of your sisters is really interested in what you're doing so you do kind of like sort of narrate what you're learning yeah. um and and she is really fascinated so um you've essentially taught your tiny sister how to build a gun even if maybe <laughs> she didn't really understand what she was hearing that's fine it, 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 what's the worst that could happen Okay, so I think what Ido is going to do is he's going to spend all day in bed um, chilling out with whiskers and his mum is going to pop in every now and then and ask him if he wants like a glass of water or Yeah, something. your parents are very doting today. Yeah, so. they're really lovely and I love them so much. But I'm just going to be, I guess, generic study yeah. because um, Ido realises that he needs to he needs to be a smart boy because yeah. he's made some bad mistakes. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So you spend your day sleeping. Um, eventually you do get up and go down to the library and just pick up some books. One on the art of war by um, a gnome named Sun Tzu. <laughs> And uh, just a couple of other books. That and are something like, called you know, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. <laughs> so you spend the day resting and reading and really like you were so tired when you got home. Um, and it was really just the like love and affection of your parents that was keeping you going. And so you spend, you now, like everyone has rested. So everyone gets full HP, full spell slots, um, get rid of your um, points of exhaustion and make sure that you um, are back to, back to full. Um, so yeah, so you spend the day reading and, and just upping, upskilling a little bit. Yeah. Karen would like to do a couple of things. She would like to first go to Terence the Tiefling's church, which she found out is called the Church of Delton. She would like to go there with a thousand gold and make an anonymous donation in honor of in, in honor of all tieflings. Okay. Yeah, really cool. So that is one of the things that she would like to do, and she'd just like to... It's in a bag, yep. and she's attached a little note to it, a little handwritten note that says, Terence will know who this is from. Please 
give to who needs it most. Yeah, so just inside the church there is like a donations box. Yeah. That's like one of those ones that it has a flap on top so like you can drop stuff in it but like people can't just like reach in and take it out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you poke your head in, you have a look around. There are a few people. No one turns to look because it is a church and it is fairly run down looking. One of the windows is broken and some of the seats need replacing and you're fairly certain that your, uh, your donation will be put to good use here. Uh, it does appear to be like a little community hub within the slums. Do you bring anyone with you when you when you do this? Um, Taking your kids for a walk? I suppose if it's anonymous, you don't want your family to know what you're up to. Yeah, well, she she will say that she's doing something very important for the community. Cool. But she doesn't want to share it around. Okay, It's fair. anonymous. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that would lead to the question of where did you get 1,000 gold? Exactly. Um, Barry, yeah, Barry yeah. definitely not telling Barry that I am uh, moonlighting as a... A rage monster who <laughs> kills doctors and earth elementals. Well, I mean, did you kill the doctor? You sort of the just left, it, left him too. Uh, that he is might true. Be fine. He might be, he but he probably isn't. Choices. And if he and if he is still alive, Karen will get him. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that Karen would like to do is go and find out where Barb is. Cool. Roll me an intelligence check. Cool. Actually, it can be intelligence or charisma. Up to you. Okay. That is an 18. Cool. You get as far as you can on this. You go to see some guards. Like, it takes you most of the day. Mm. But you go to the the main guard station, like the, the main spot. It's connected to the palace. But Barb has been arrested. Mm -hmm. And she has been taken for questioning. And she is currently uh, in the dungeons. And there is no visitation um, in the dungeons. So uh, you do manage to sort of like, you know, it takes you most of the day to sort of like, you know, go to the guards and then go to the palace and look around and try and talk to someone. And you spend some time trying to not bribe anyone, but you spend some time attempting to um, get visitation. But where she is right now, having been newly arrested only a day ago, there is no visitation. I understand. Um... Is there any chance I could write her a note? The guard tells you that, yeah, you can write her a note. It might not be delivered for a couple of days, but uh, you are you are welcome to write a message uh, for her. Thank you. And um, she'd like to take out her official uh, Jensen Breffitt's parchment <laughs> kit and write down a little note. Um, Dear Barb, I understand your reasoning, if not your method. I too would do anything for my daughter. Please know that if your daughter chooses to come to the city in the future, she will be well taken care of by the stonecutters. And that's, that's all. She'll cool. write. Um, the guard reads the letter, mm. just because, you know, you're trying to send a message to a prisoner. Yeah. Um, and so he, he does, like, he's like, well, it's, uh, that's very nice of you. And he promises that it will eventually be delivered to Bob when that is allowed. She's currently in isolation. But then he sends you away. Thank you. Um, and she would like to go home and spend the rest of the evening with her family, but also she thinks about how Idafa was gravely injured multiple times and how Barb nearly died. And she would like to go up into her attic and find her old crystal kit from when she was really into dwarven mysticism um, in early in her early uh, in her youth okay and um, just kind of see if see if any of the crystals react to the electrum okay yeah that's you roll me a roll me an arcana check mm, that's a seven yeah, yeah. Um, we'll touch on that later okay
so on the evening of the Saturday, you each receive a personal telegram message from Janison Briffords, the one who's still alive, <laughs> asking you to come to the office uh, the following day. Given everything that happened on Friday night, uh, you decide to do as he asks, but there's no way of like you all talking to each other, so you're like, well, we'll go to Murphy's first and then we'll go to Janison after that. Um, so you decide to keep your, uh, your plan to meet on Sunday morning at Murphy's Honest Goods. As you rise on Sunday morning, bright and early, uh, fed and well rested, um, you notice that you feel amazing. You feel there's a spring in your step and the air in your lungs feels fresh. As your amulet hums happily, uh, you wonder if this is just a bliss born from cheating death yet again, or if you have indeed somehow gotten stronger. It is level up time. You go up, you're gonna go up two levels this time. Um, so putting you all at level five. Who would like to level up first? Oh, I'm already doing it, so Karen can level up. <laughs> yep. She is taking a feat at level four. Yep. And she is choosing the healer feat. Also, that's connected to your crystals. Yes, so I can use a healer's kit to heal a, a creature 1d6 plus 4 HP as an action, and a dying creature um, I stabilize gains 1 HP. And this is going to be... Um, uh, this is going to be flavoured as a crystal healing kit. Cool, so the crystal kit that you got. Yes. Yeah, cool, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> what else do you get at level 5? Level 4 and 5? Level 5, I don't get anything optional, but now I can make two attacks on my turn. Nice. And if not in heavy armour, my speed improves by 10 feet, which is great because I'm a dwarf and my speed's only 25. So now, so it's, now 35. it's 35. Now you're actually the fastest. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. <laughs> cool. And, and have you done your HP already? Yes. Or Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? Ido, with all of his studying, he has gained two points in intelligence. Cool. Which will prove useful as he starts, like, keeps using his magic. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe I got a new... Rogue ability. Let's have a look. Oh, uncanny dodge. Yeah, so yes. you can use your, I believe, your reaction yes. to half one one amount of damage done to you, which is pretty cool. Yep. Given that you almost died <laughs> a couple of times, I think that'll come in real handy. So um, I'm pretty sure you're also getting some more spell slots and stuff. Um, yeah. Your sneak attack damage will go up. I think it's three d six now. Yes. Um, and your everybody's proficiency bonus has gone up from plus two to plus three. So level four, I've taken the feat prodigy. Cool. Which more or less means I get, I gain one extra language, uh, one skill proficiency I didn't already have, and one skill double proficiency. Cool, so which ones are you taking? I took medicine, and then my double proficiency is investigation. Nice, that's um, awesome. Yeah, and also another tool proficiency, but I'm pretty sure I'm proficient in like most tools already. You can like shift tools or yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah, you like, like brewer's yeah, tool. Yeah. And then in level five, Oh, I mean, I gain a couple, I think, spell slots in level two. Uh, yeah. And I get, is it a chemical savant? So at fifth level, uh, I develop masterful command of magical chemicals, enhancing the healing and damage uh, you create through them whenever you cast a spell using my alchemist supplies. As the spellcasting focus, uh, I gain a bonus to one, one roll of the spell. That roll must restore hit points or damage. Uh, that deals acid or poison, and the bonus equals my intelligence modifier. Cool. That's that's. So you're a bit more, a bit better with like a chemicals bit, and stuff. A bit better with chemicals. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So healing, acid, or poison, you gain a you gain a bonus for. Yeah. It. Cool. That's awesome. Um, I imagine you also get to swap around your spells and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Flynn, you're level up. Yeah. So I took the buffs to my stats, so I bumped up my constitution and my charisma because can't have. 
I yeah, love charisma. So, so that'll give you some HP and charisma is your spellcasting modifier. So what's your charisma now? So my charisma is now 18 and the modifier is plus four, which is very nice. nice um, so that's, your, that's your level four. Um, what about level five? So I get font of inspiration. So now my bardic inspiration resets over a short rest instead of a long rest. Nice. Yeah, and your bardic inspiration also goes up the higher dice as well, isn't it? Yep, one d8 now. So you've got oh. d8 instead of a d6. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Solid. you also now have access to third level spells as well. Yeah, shiny. Yeah, which is really cool. We don't need to do the full spell list and stuff. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are changing out or gaining new spells, um, we'll just find out what you have as you choose to cast them. So it's around 10 a.m. when you arrive one by one at Murphy's and you're enjoying the summer sunshine outside as you wait for the others. Who arrives first and second? Karen's a pretty early riser, so unless anybody is specifically getting up at the crack of dawn, she would probably be there first. Frank would try to be there as early as he can so that he could talk privately with Murphy. Karen's just sitting outside. There's like a nice bench sort of like outside. You're kind of looking over the space where you're like, I fought a really big goose here. Um, and then Frankie walks up and sneaks to you. Um, you guys are welcome to do some role play or we can just go on straight inside as, as everyone arrives. Darling, Frankie, how are you feeling? I, I know you took a couple of heavy hits on Friday night. Uh, and I know you had a couple of heavy drinks on Friday night as well. How's the, how's the hangover, darling? <laughs> Is oh that why I feel horrible? Yeah. I feel horrible. Who would want to do this purposely? My head feels like it's been crushed under a hammer. Mm. So you've got a hangover like the day after the and next it's just, day? And it's just, yeah, it's just <laughs> carrying on. Oh, I would no. assume that's how Frankie is because he's never drunk before and he drank quite a lot. <laughs> and He's very skinny. Yeah. I totally forgot that he got drunk and like, <laughs> yeah, wasted. wasted. The, the adrenaline, I think, pumped a little yeah, bit of that yeah, out of yeah. you. And then as soon as, you know, the adrenaline was gone, like, the hangover was like, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> and so Frankie looks horrible. <laughs> but, you know, he, he was excited. He's like, we survived things and we're just getting stronger and stronger. Do you feel stronger? <sighs> yes. I feel stronger in body and mind. I feel like this has been a good, uh, psychologically somehow, even though it's also been quite terrible. Do you feel the same? You say, yeah, I feel at least two levels stronger. Yeah, I just feel uh, just different. Like if I looked back on who I was, you know, a couple months ago, I'm a completely different person almost. I don't recognize that person and I like it. I'm proud of how you've grown, Frankie. Oh, Spicy Frankie. <laughs> so Idafer now rolls up and joins the joins the gang. Yeah, he's looking real scruffy. He's just kind of scratching his head like, <sighs> hey guys, how you doing? Karen would like to give him a hug if he is available for a hug. Idafer's always ready for a hug. Oh. <laughs> She'll say, darling, hello. It's so good to see you. Oh, hi, Karen. Oh, I'm so glad we're all safe and are your well. Are your parents okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. My parents were absolutely horrified when I came home, but <laughs> they, they know I'm safe now and we all had a little cry. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Frankie awkwardly tries for a hug while you're like talking. Oh, you're talking still. <laughs> he ends up like climbing up onto his back. Like he's like, he's got one foot on the floor, but it's like a, yeah. like a three limbed piggyback. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, it's good to see you too, Frankie. <laughs> and then Flynn uh, rolls up and joins you guys as well. Good morning. Oh, somebody's, somebody's feeling good. Yeah, chipper much. <laughs> oh, good. 
Did you, did you have a good day yesterday? Uh, productive, productive, I'd say. Did you yeah. see Cassie? No, no, I was doing some uh, light reading. <laughs> Just blushes. I think, Cassie, I think Cassie will be quite busy talking to the police. Ah, uh, I guess you're right, yeah. And probably, like, doing some studying. I'm surprised we haven't been called in yet. Well, maybe that's what, uh, maybe that's what that's all about, uh, going to... Going to Janssen's. Oh, you got that too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we can, we can all go together after, after uh, yeah, seeing Murphy, right? Yeah. yeah, that should be fine. After a little bit of uh, chats in the sunshine, you know, it's a good day. It's a good day to be alive. <laughs> um, you guys go on inside and Murphy's shop assistant, Yanis, recognizes you and kind of like nods a little bit and then flips over an hourglass that's next to her on the counter. And the illusion that hides the door to Murphy's like secret back room like drops. Oh. He's, he's getting he's getting fancier <laughs> as he's going by. Um, and so you're all able to head on in. I mean, he's clearly been waiting for you. Uh, he's sitting at his desk with his like hands out and there's like something strange covered by a cloth in front of him. And he's like, well, it isn't my favorite customers. <laughs> so uh, I sold the class for cloning, and let me tell you, I made some gold. Yeah, so uh, I did some soul searching, <laughs> and I thought y'all handed it over with no expectation of payment, other than Frankie, of course. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I watched you fight that big goose outside, and I thought maybe you guys could use an upgrade. Uh, don't get used to it. But uh, Uncle Murphy got you eat something that uh, might make you a little bit more dangerous. Um, and Murphy pulls the cloth away and it reveals four brand new weapons, a great axe, a hand crossbow, and two swords. One thin and black and one curved and evil looking, each with a small label on them. So if you guys want to open the links I sent you to Murphy's Honest Goods catalog, uh -huh. um, your new weapons are on the first page and you guys can tell the audience what you each have received as your new weapon. This is so exciting because I've forgotten about it. We'll, I think we'll go in order, right? Yep, cool. Ooh, okay. Flynn sees the laughing blade, uncommon, plus one, short sword, uh, one d6 slashing, and it's a light. So it's a curved sword painted to look like a vicious smile. Once per day, you can add your charisma modifier to an attack roll and damage roll. Woohoo! With the sword, all cast, <laughs> all cast vicious mockery. You have a negative two modifier on your first stealth check each day. The spotlight has its price. It burns us all eventually. Yep. So once per day, you can take your charisma modifier, which is plus four, and you can either add it to your attack roll and damage roll of either a sword attack or a use of vicious mockery. Nice. Yeah, just once per day, you'll get like a really solid attack in, which is really cool. And also the sword's kind of like always giggling and kind of laughing a little bit. Oh. So um, <laughs> that's why you get like a little stealth penalty because your sword is kind of always making a little bit of noise. I'm making a cannon and it laughs at my puns. <laughs> so Ido has picked up the con man's backup, which is a beautiful rapier. It is long and thin and black, which very much suits his whole aesthetic. <laughs> so basically, on a damage roll, if I roll a 1, I can roll 1d6 and they can take that damage instead, is that correct? Yeah, so yeah. usually it's a d8, and if you roll a 1 on your damage, then you can take a d6 damage instead. Nice. Um, and the quote is, a good swindler always has a plan B. Ooh, that's me. <laughs> Karen has picked up the temperate great axe. It is a 1d12 slashing great axe, two-handed and heavy, but it's also a plus one because it's a magical. So everybody's weapons are plus one, which just in case you don't know, means plus one to the attack roll and to the damage roll. So make sure oh, you, nice. in, you factor those in when you do attacks. 
It's a battle axe with uh, two vicious edges and they seem, they seem to be letting off steam or maybe mist and I can use my bonus action to add 1d6 fire or cold damage to an attack and I can use each of these effects once per day and Murphy says Like a fine wine held in the grasp of a woman scorned. <laughs> He's so poetic. Um, yeah, so you have like a fire ice axe. Extremely good. Yeah, uh, and Frankie, what'd you get? So I've got a hot wire. Uh, plus one hand crossbow, 1d6 piercing damage, ranged and light. Uh, fairly standard yet well polished hand crossbow with a small spool wheel built into the stock. Uh, this crossbow is not considered a magic weapon except when it bears an artificer's infusion. Uh, while this crossbow bears infusion, uh, it gains the following effect with three charges. Uh, when you successfully hit a creature within 30 feet of you with an attack with this weapon, you can use your bonus action to deal 1d6 lightning damage to the same target. Uh, if you roll a 6, the target is pushed back 10 feet. You can spend one hour with Tinkerer's tools to reset the charges back to 3. Don't touch that wire, okay? It's got a lot of kick. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially the hot wire is a hand crossbow uh, with the uh, bolts have like a tether attached to them, a metal tether, um, and Frankie can then like use his bonus action to do a shock uh, through the wire. Uh, it can do that three times per day. All right, so those are your, all of your new weapons. Um, and as you are standing, and admiring them and kind of like, you know, testing <laughs> out their weight in their hands, light shoots out from your amulets and engulfs the new weapons. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah! you, you can feel a strange feeling as you hold them, <laughs> like that feeling of sand being pulled out under your feet as you stand in shallow waves. And before you can do anything, the weapons are dragged inside your amulets. Um, so roll a perception check. Ooh. Uh, Karen got a 16 perception. Yeah. Flindra 15. Ido got a 16. Frankie got a 19. So everyone who got 16, you're not sure, but you could have sworn that you heard like a slurping noise. Um, and Frankie, you definitely heard a tiny burp. Oh, <laughs> the boys are in town. <laughs> Which is definitely new. And after a moment, the new weapons are projected back into your hands from the amulets. They are now able to be summoned and dismissed just as your old weapons were. Um, and they seem to retain all the magical properties that they had. And just in case you're wondering, yes, if like Idafa, if you decide that you want to use a dagger instead of a rapier, you can choose to summon the dagger instead. Oh, oh so that was our amulets making that sound. Yeah. yeah. So how many how many weapons can our amulets store? There's only one way to find out. Slurp those I'm gonna babies feed it up. my dagger. <laughs> slurping, slurping, slurping it up. You have a dagger? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it would already have been part of the amulet already. Oh. If it was something that you basically just had from your starting gear, it's just always been something that you can summon oh. from um, <laughs> from the amulet in the first place. You never really had, like, yeah. you guys are citizens of like a peaceful town and just mm. like carrying daggers and swords and big axes on you just would not work. So they're mm. stored inside the amulets. And so Murphy kind of like watches this happen <laughs> and he's like, well, that was pretty much terrifying. Uh, can I interest you in any of my other wares? It's buy and sell time. So I'm, uh, I've sent you guys the Murphy's Honest Goods catalog. So you can scroll down from the weapons that you just read and you can see that there's new stock available as well as all of the old stuff. Feel free to have a, a look through the catalog and uh, when you're ready to make a deal, let me know. Is there one of each of these things? Yes, there's only one of each of these things. <laughs> so if, if there is a uh, if there is two people who want the same thing, uh, let me know and I will I will do a roll off so who gets to buy first. The first person to uh, tell me which of these items was created by Liv gets a special prize. Uh, <laughs> 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 
The Disc of Sims 2. Yes, the special prize is um, Liv now loves you. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, the best prize. It's, it's Randy because Randy the Venus Flytower is called Randy. And then I was like, oh no, it's because you attract cats. And then I read Disc of Sims 2 and I was like, oh no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I hope you guys like the new items. Some They're of, very them, were, cool. some of yeah. them were made up by me. Some of them are classic items from the uh, player's handbook and from the um, Dungeon Master's handbook. So um, when anyone would like to buy or sell anything, um, let me know. I love the bargain bin lineups. <laughs> <laughs> very good shirt. I know, I'm kind of tempted by the very good shirt. The shirt is extremely snazzy. If you start talking to someone about the shirt, it's all they'll be able to notice. A creature that is involved in a conversation about the very good shirt has disadvantage on all perception checks and a minus five to their passive perception stat. <laughs> so if anybody wants some run of distraction, just walk up and talk to them about this shirt. Oh, have you seen my shirt? Yeah. Have you seen my shirt? Wow. I feel like that would synergize well, not with you, um, Poppy, but like if somebody else is wearing it, then you can do a bunch more sneaking around. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if anyone wants to be extra fashionable. <laughs> I am pretty tempted by it. So who likes what? I like them all. I do like them all. I would like the 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 stone of good luck, the little rock that looks like a kitty cat. Yeah. While this polished agate is on your person, you gain a plus one bonus to ability checks and saving throws. But That's I don't have cool. enough money. But that is a very cute, a little kitty cat. But I'm I'm um I'm very tempted by the very good shirt. Okay. Um. How much, how much gold do you have? I have one thousand three hundred and forty-five gold. Cool. Okay. So you're you can spend as much of it as you want. Mm -hmm. If you have anything in your inventory that you want to sell, mm -hmm. um, you can do that too. Karen has made some decisions. Uh, what can I get for you, Karen? Uh, 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 Murphy, my very good friend. Oh yes, Karen, my very good friend. What can I do for you on this beautiful day? I. I'm feeling like I need a little bit more fashion in my life and this very good shirt is extremely snazzy and even though it is 600 gold I feel like somehow it's worth it. Oh yes did you notice that the fact that as soon as you noticed it it's all you can talk about? <laughs> it, and it's all you can talk about as well. Oh yes it? a very very good shirt I'm very entranced by it. <laughs> Would you like to buy the shirt from me? I would like to buy the shirt from you, Murph. Well, that will be 600 gold. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Uh, but before I hand over the money, I might as well uh, get that potion samplers pack thrown in as well. Uh, yeah, potion samplers pack. Uh, mm -hmm. Says single, six single dose potions ready to help you deal with anything life throws at you. Disclaimer, this will only help you deal with a maximum of six very small things that life throws at you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you get one constitution boost, one healing potion, one luck potion, one potion of spider climbing, one potion of dark vision, and one potion of invisibility. Oh, that would be excellent. So that would be a total of 900 gold. That is fantastic. Cool, and I'll send you the stats for those potions later. Sure thing. Flinvar, my dashing, dashing friend. Unfortunately, I cannot sell you a very good shirt, but I do have many other <laughs> things that I could potentially sell you at this time. That's fine. I've got my eye on the uh, glamour studded, studded leather. I think that I could... Oh nice yes, uh, this is a very this is a very good item. Um, you, what you can do is it looks like whatever you want it to look like. So you can be weather, wearing leather armor any time of the day, and it can look like pajamas. It can look like a wedding dress. It can look like a uh, cool dragon onesie. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I just wanted to check. So I've had a bit of trouble when I'm fighting and getting rips in my nice coat. So I kind of thought, oh, this will this will help this. So a question: When we're in combat, set per se. Um, and someone slashes at me, would the tears show up 
in the armor. It's an illusion. So mm. even if you get hurt, the illusion will not like update itself to match cool. unless you ask it to. Yeah, so if you would like to buy this beautiful glamoured studded leather, uh, that will be 2,500 gold pieces, please and thank you. <laughs> it's got 12 gold left, this one. <laughs> Okay. Oh, you, that's the most expensive thing in the shop. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh my god. Apart from the alchemy jug. <laughs> oh, yeah, the alchemy jug's still here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so you can add glamoured started leather to yes, your AC. Uh, sorry, to your inventory. Um, it is a plus one to AC as well as the change of look illusion. Um, so when you put it on, what's the command word? Dashing. Uh, and what is it? What is it transformed to look like? So I quite liked my velvet suit from the party. So it's just a more casual version of that. Cool. Like nice. everyday wear of the. Oh my god! Like a suit. like a lounge, like a velvet lounge wear. <laughs> I love that. Ah, uh, Frankie and Idafer, my young friends. Uh, <laughs> you guys have so much beautiful time ahead of you. What can I sell you on this fine day? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm still looking. If I can just like <laughs> duck out. <laughs> I imagine he'll probably want to talk to me later. He's always nervous. <laughs> That's so true, he is. Um, so for this whole time, Ido has had his eyes on the stone of good luck because it looks like a little kitty cat. Yeah. <laughs> do you have the money for it? I do, actually. Cool. Hey, Murphy, is this just like a, is this just a, a nice looking cat rock? Like. Oh, see, the thing is, is that this thing, it'll just bring you just a little bit more luck. This used to be mine personally. I had it on me when we were doing our fun little chemical errand and it did help me sort of like achieve a few things that I needed to get done, you know? So uh, without getting too meta, you can add plus one to any uh, ability <laughs> check or saving throw that you make, but not attacks. Okay, I want it. Excellent, well that will be 2,200 gold, please and thank you. I push the money across and snatch the little rock that looks like a kitty cat. Kitty cool. cat. Make kitty sure cat. you um, make sure you add that to your to your inventory and don't forget to add the bonus. It is, it's to every roll that is not an attack or a damage roll. Cool. Oh, that's so good. And it also does affect initiative as well. Oh, okay, cool. Because initiative is a dexterity ability check. Now Frankie doesn't know what he wants because that's what he wanted. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. Ah, that's okay. <laughs> I think the whole Ido is very much theming himself around cat. That's true. That's it's gonna true. be that or the perfume. <laughs> Can I offer you this very nice disc of The Sims 2? <laughs> I'm fairly sure this is from another dimension. It's a strange looking item, but perhaps you can trade it to somebody for something you can actually use. <laughs> um, and it is, a, it is a CD with the words The Sims 2 written on it. <laughs> like, like not an actual game of Sims 2, it's just like one of those burnt ones that just oh, say yeah. The Sims 2. Yeah, right. somebody, somebody it's not the official better. one, it just somewhere wrote on it in a vivid. Nice. Uh, pretty sure this is from another dimension. Huh? Interested? Yeah? No? No. <laughs> I'll think about it, but I think I've got something else for you. Okay, yeah, what do you, what What would you like to go for? Uh, I don't know, you know. Can I interest you in this very uh, snazzy looking panic button, which I believe would be great for somebody with so much anxiety. <laughs> um, so the panic button just for uh, for your own use, it's got five charges, um, you can push it on a reaction and you will cast shield on yourself. And then on the fifth use, you can roll a d4 and it'll either cast shield or thunder wave depending on what you roll. You get the shield or maybe it'll explode and it'll push everybody away from you. I think I'll just get that because there's nothing else there that I want. Okay, oh, wait, how much was that? Uh, so for this beautiful panic button would be uh, 1,800 gold pieces. Okay, I'll get that, I guess. <laughs> Instead of paying with all gold... Uh, I'm listening. Would you accept information as currency? Well, that uh, honestly depends on the quality of the information, my friend. I had information on uh, various people who might have went to a certain someone for deals and whatnot, and 
etc. Um, do you let him have a quick look? I'll have him let him have a quick look at one of them. Okay, he picks it up, he opens it, his eyes widen, and then he like puts on his poker face and he's like, <laughs> I believe we can make a deal. Um, so you have six of these dossiers. Yeah. One of them is the dossier on Bob. Mm -hmm. So he's like, uh, I suppose for, I can give you a 300 gold discount, uh, 50 gold per piece of information. These are, where did you get these? Because I'm fairly sure that these are related to one Mr. Marvelous. <laughs> um, Karen would like to step in and say, I feel like considering the uh, amount of close calls that we had uh, while raiding Marvelous's mansion. You those, did what? Those dossiers should be worth more than 50 gold. Uh, well, actually, given the risk that the holder of these dossiers will be <laughs> taking on, considering somebody raided his mansion, holy <laughs> shit, what are you guys even doing these days? Just our best. Okay, okay, rescuing, okay, okay. Rescuing people, good thing. 60 gold, 60 gold discount per file. And that's my final offer. Yes, as Frankie like glances at Karen like, it's okay, it's okay. yes. <laughs> also, helping. Uh, I'll take that deal, but I also want to extend maybe something else to you. As always, my friend, I am <laughs> listening. I have been honing my magical abilities, and I have now this ability to replicate certain magical items. If you're ever in the need for, at this stage, you know, little low levels, you know, just to stock up uh, your, your... Permanently or temporarily? Permanently. I'm definitely listening. <laughs> so, you know, at the moment, I can only do a couple, but, you know, if you ever say needed another one of these jugs, and you just pick up the jug. Oh, that's very expensive. Please, I've seen you drop so many things. Please put that down. <laughs> <laughs> does that, but then it's like, oh shit, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if I wish to say make a couple things like that, and would you be in the market? Oh, absolutely. Frankie, if you can make magic items from scratch, you are now one of the most valuable people in the city. <laughs> but keep that to yourself, because you also might be getting a wanted poster really soon. That, that's true, <laughs> but you know, I thought I'd put the feelers out there, so you know. Mm-hmm. You and I could. Oh yeah! If you want to give me some kind of like exclusive access to first buying rights, tell you what: you bring me stuff, and I will pay you very handsomely. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, and then he um, uh, pushes the panic button over to you, <laughs> and he says, "I will offer you this item mm -hmm. for a hundred percent discount, <laughs> oh. but you can only sell to me." Of course. Who else would I go to? And let's think about it. Who's the best in the business? That is me, of course. Why would I go to anyone less? Don't you dare go over town and go see Jenkins. His stuff is trash. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard. <laughs> You've like never heard of Jenkins before. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not even talking about Master Speck. Where did you hear that name? Gosh, you guys, are, you guys are becoming players, huh? We've been around the block. Listen, that guy is dangerous. And if you have any information that would help keep us safe, we would appreciate it. He pulls out a, a wanted poster uh, from a drawer. It only has like a really vague sketch um, of a super hot guy with long hair, like a really hot guy. Um, and it says uh, approximate sketch wanted 
master spec in quotation marks and the amount of gold is not written but it does say dead or alive oh. uh, re re large reward I don't just like grabs the poster and was like oh <laughs> what's, what's and so where can we find this handsome man? Well, man, if I knew that, I'd be cashing that bounty myself. Oh, you've got to have some info for us, though. Look, I've never seen him. I've never met him. He's, he's kind of like Marvelous, right? He's one of those people that you just kind of hear whispers about in the underground. I know he's got a few generals around. Uh, you know, he's got a few agents out there, but like... Who knows? I believe we met one of them. Mm. What? <laughs> you guys are becoming dangerous to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Murphy, darling, you're the one who got us into this in the first place. Man, I, so, you guys have overtaken me. If anybody's to blame, darling, it's you. Oh, well, I can't really argue with you on that. Well, that, this <laughs> agent that you met, uh, what, was, what were they like? Professional. Who, who was the agent? Friskin. Oh, Friskin. <laughs> Wait, but... Oh, so I guess he's not going to be at work tomorrow. <laughs> he very specifically said he wasn't going to be at work tomorrow. I don't know if I was listening. I think I was too focused on the tiefling. <laughs> yeah, that was around about the tiefling time. <laughs> uh, do you think you could maybe drop me a description or... You know, people come in here. Maybe he's maybe he's bought from me before. I just didn't know who I was talking to. Maybe if we got like a discount. I just gave him 1,800 gold worth of discount. Come on, I'm your friend. And you like, while he's saying this, he's like stashing the dossiers away. <laughs> Karen, at the end of the day, isn't somebody who's one to hold on to information if it can benefit other people. So she says, um, no, I can't be sure that he wasn't under some kind of spell that made him look different. But he was a, he was a, a hairless tabaxi. That is... I've never seen a hairless tabaxi before. Neither. You mean like Weird. those sphinx cats that you can yes, get? Yes, yes. Oh man, that is... It was a little that honestly sounds really adorable. And he would sleep all the time and it was so cute. I mean, he was a general <laughs> of a known terrorist, so I'm not sure how cute that is. Still cute. Okay. <laughs> Frankie, I noticed that you still have a pocket full of gold. Is there anything else that I can get for you today? <laughs> And he pulls out a bow tie and he's like, hey, how about this? You ever wanted to disguise yourself as another person uh, who is wearing a bow tie? Are you telling Frankie <laughs> that he doesn't look great as he is? Oh, Frankie is a beautiful man, but sometimes you need to infiltrate. <laughs> I was I was actually just thinking about my God. Frankie would love a bow tie. He would look so cute in a fucking bow tie. So um, it's called the bow tie of Dapper Disguise. Um, mm -hmm. The spiffy bow tie lets you cast disguise self once per day with the caveat that the bow tie cannot hide or disguise itself, nor can it be concealed with magic. So you can use, you can cast disguise self and you could become anyone, but they will be wearing a bow tie. Frankie wants the bow tie. Cool. Uh, so that's, that will be 1,000 gold, Frankie, my good friend. Frankie puts it on immediately and also pays him. Well, uh, unless you have any more gold to spend, uh, I will bid you a good day. It is always good to see you, my friends. Please come back and see me whenever you want. And if you do have any more wayward children who I can get to run errands, please do send them my way. <laughs> well, we did rescue a few tieflings that... Uh... <laughs> might need a helping hand uh, go down to the church of delson sometime there might be some uh tieflings there who are looking for a little bit of leg up but you yeah, okay. be good to them church of delton you say church of delton down the slums yes okay. uh, uh, ask for ask for terence okay uh am i allowed to tell him that karen sent me or is this one of those just like hey a businessman popped in out of nowhere and started offering favors Type situations. No, you can tell him I sent you. Okay. I might have to get my hat out for that one. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and if you hear any anything else about uh, 
well, he he told us his name was Friskin, but I doubt that's his real name. That's um, the general's name. That's the Sphinx. Yes. Um, just just let us know. Well, you know, I will. I mean, to be honest with you, I would keep an eye out for a Sphinx to Baxi no matter what, because that does sound absolutely adorable. <laughs> well, I mean, like, ugly in a cute way, maybe? I don't know. I will keep an eye out for them. If I hear anything, uh, I will let you know. Thanks thanks for the information. Free information, Karen. Mm -hmm. uh, but if there's nothing else that I can do for you, I do have work to do today. I do have an incoming shipment, so I will bid you adieu. And we have uh, appointments as well, so... Have a good afternoon, Murphy, and we'll see you very soon. Goodbye, my friend. Catch ya. Kia ora, Penny here. Welcome back. Thanks for returning to our story after a month with no new episodes. For those of you who are wondering, the movie that I was working on went really well. There is some really cool stuff dropping around the six month mark. We recently released the official map of Vimiasa on social media for anyone who was curious. The story is going to start exploring the world a bit more from here on out. So if you want to take a guess at where we're headed, check out Liv Artisan Design's beautiful map of our world. We also have a little side project we've been working on. When we hit 1000 downloads, we're going to put out a lo-fi beats Janison Breffitt's Parchment Company animation. If anyone wants to have a remixed version of our theme song to chill slash study to, that'll be out when we hit 1000. Music credits. Thanks to Nico Staff for Walking in the Sky and Smooth and Cool, Patrick Patrikios for Crazy, God Mode for In 3 and Weiramut, Anno Domini Beats for Sunny Days, Delicate Steve for Reasons, Dan Hennig for Russian River, and Zachariah Hickman for Shruti Pie. And as always, thank you to Regan McKinnon for the show's theme song. You can interact with us at facebook.com slash Podcast, and we also have a Twitter at jbpcpodcast where we post show updates and other cool stuff that we get up to. You can find the map there. We love hearing from fans, so please feel free to leave us a message or tag us. You can listen to the show at janisonbreffords.podbean.com as well as on Spotify, YouTube, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. After our usual smoker break, it's time to move on to a new arc. Episode 17 will be out on Sunday, March 14th, and it will kick off our next story called The Question Box. We'll release the arc cover a few days before on Facebook and Twitter for anyone who's interested in a sneak peek. Right, that's enough news I think. Better get back to the show. It is a group to the Janison River Department Company office. It is a lovely warm day um, and the city is buzzing with life and vigor. You guys are all just walking together. What's everybody wearing? Karen is wearing a... Um, <laughs> what's everybody wearing? Here's what I'm wearing. Um, Karen, <laughs> Karen is wearing a like blush pink two set with a white singlet underneath. What's a two-set? It's like a pencil skirt and like one of those cardigans. Oh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ido's basically wearing what he was sleeping in. <laughs> it's kind of just sweatpants and a shirt. They are clean, mm. but like they, they look like pajamas. Yeah, it's like the pajamas that you would wear to the supermarket. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that are slightly, you know, yeah. elevated. Frankie would be just wearing what he usually wears, so just like nice clean pants, a shirt with a overalls, and now a cute little bow tie. What color is the bow tie? I was thinking like possibly blue with little like white polka dot. 
Oh, yeah, that's very good. Um, And Flynnvar, you already told us what you're wearing, right? Yes, yeah. But I've decided it's blue velvet, not the the purple velvet. So you're wearing like a blue blue velvet, like, not black tie level suit, but like a more of like a day-to-day level suit? Yeah. Yeah, nice. And my ever trusty black hat and satchel. So you arrive at the building in Janice's office. There's a note on the door, uh, cheerfully decreeing that he'll be right back with a thank you platter, um, and that you should go inside and make yourselves comfortable. Aww. I am quite hungry. Yeah, Karen will open the door and usher everybody inside. There's a nice little sitting area with enough room for like six people to sit. It's in the sun. It's just like a little coffee table with a few couches around the outside of it. It's a lovely place to sit and wait. So I don't know what you guys got up to, but um, I did some reading just because I'm a bit worried about the sort of level of things that we have to be uh, fighting now. It's not really what I signed up for. No, uh, giant mud monsters that can move through stone was a little bit uh, more than I signed up for. And so. flying shadow ladies. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> but no, I was reading about the clay guy, you know, the oversized goopy jar, hmm. and read all about elementals. It was quite invigorating, actually. Terrifying if people have more scrolls or ways to uh, summon them but it was very enlightening i think we should try and find out as much as we can about what how things are changing or being used <sighs> freaky stuff i also did some reading Ooh. i learned about war oh yeah oh it's when you make people fight oh <laughs> you are very correct Heidefer. you're not wrong <laughs> you are not wrong war what is it good for absolutely not commerce <laughs> Capitalism is a present. Anyway. That's <laughs> how my family got rich. <laughs> so, Green Electrum is eyes, and I don't know if you have morals or ethics, but we don't know. I, I don't know if it's probably the best thing to use, but because, you know, the tieflings are already dead and their eyes are already turned to Green Electrum, I mean, might as well use it if you don't want to, if you could give it to me. I kind of know what you mean, Frankie. But, well, it made us feel so exhausted. Is it, should we really be using it? Even though it was so, like the power was pretty awesome. The power was amazing. I wonder if there's any way for me to utilize the power without, you know, taking out my eyes. Well, if you do use the power, would your eyes then burn up because they are used? Oh God. <laughs> That's a good question. Frankie just wants to take one out and like put it like, and it's like in his a like, monocle. Dazzle. Yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, look, I'm a tiefling now. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's 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 not forget let's not forget that there is a dead person. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot they're dead. <laughs> well, there's the, the crazy guy with no eyes. You know, the eyes burnt out that we found wandering in the. Uh, the sewers. Yeah. Yes. And he, he's still living a fruitful and productive life. Just blind. Clearly. <laughs> you actually, you actually found out about that guy, Idafer, when you were yeah, in the Yeah, not a whole lot though, just that he was there and then they're like, oh my god, he made it out? Yeah. Which is pretty miraculous, really, that he had his eyes taken out and then he ha- like found a way out. But we, did we end up taking him anywhere? We did, I. No, you left him there. No, oh, okay. Because he was being extremely scary. Yeah, and that's okay. But I may at some point, um, like if we end up near the sewers again, I might just see if you can find yeah. him. Well, maybe that means that they didn't kill all the tieflings that they took the eyes from because... 
Oh, I don't know. There's, there's no use speculating, is, is there, dears? Not at the uh, moment. I, I, I wouldn't want to give uh, hope to families that have lost, uh, lost people to Marvelous. I'm more worried at the moment about Mr. Uh, Master Speck. You and I both. Tea. And you turn, startled <laughs> by an unknown voice being so close. Um, and standing in the doorway, flanked by four especially burly Warforged guards, oh, God. is a slender, exceptionally pale woman with brown hair pulled up in a bun. Oh. She is dressed in professional women's business attire and is holding a thick bound folder full of files. I am the administrator, and I have some questions for the four of you. Oh. If you would like to avoid arrest, I suggest you comply peacefully. Well, yeah. um, please uh, take a seat. We're 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 just waiting for our boss to return, and um, I'm sure we can have a lovely and peaceful conversation. You are here to speak to me. Well, I'm sure we can have a Did lovely a peaceful conversation anyway. Yeah, we were promised a platter. We were promised. We were a platter. promised a platter. <laughs> I don't have a platter for you. This is this is an interrogation. <sighs> I'm hungry. Karen, do you have any muesli bars? I don't, darling. I'm sorry. I've got an apple and some candy, some jelly candy. So I clean up my bag. Oh, well done, Frankie. Okay, fine. Um, and she turns to uh, one of the Warforge guards and she says, "Charcuterie now." <laughs> the, the guard walks out, and the remaining three guards walk up to you and start uh, scanning you and stripping you of any magical items that you have on you. Oh. They place them carefully in a pile on the coffee table. Including our amulet? They actually do not notice or attempt to take your amulet. Oh, God. The administrator uh, notes each one of these items down before placing a sleek bronze shell that kind of looks like the concert replication uh, on the table and tapping it lightly in a complex pattern. She opens her top file and gestures to you all to sit across from her. Cool, yep. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'll take a seat. She begins to read. Occasionally, uh, her eyes flicker up to examine your reactions. Approximately 24 days ago, a new case file was opened when guards arrested a one-armed criminal at a storage facility in the town of Keyston. They claimed the missing limb was inflicted as they fought a dwarf woman, a halfling man, a human with ginger hair, and a grey tiefling who overpowered them using glowing weapons. Around the time of the supposed conflict, multiple citizens of Keyston reported seeing two carts leaving town very suddenly. The same day, two slum children told of a fancy-looking dwarf woman sneaking around the slums and giving them magic candy. A now-disgraced slum guardsman spoke of a dwarf woman, a halfling man, a human with ginger hair, and a very suspicious tiefling being found at the location of a factory explosion. <sighs> his report states he barely survived an attack on his guard station, but was apparently unable to keep anyone from escaping. And Karen huffs out a little laugh at that one. Witnesses living nearby claimed to see four figures leaving the same guard station following a disturbance and accompanying an unidentified male tiefling away from the scene. Fifteen days ago, at the Ymir City Prosperity Festival, during the attack, Guards reported an unknown dwarven woman with suspicious knowledge of how the geese could be neutralized. <laughs> Many guards reported a dwarven woman, a halfling man, a human with ginger hair, and a grey tiefling being present fighting the mutant geese right before they all mysteriously vanished. However, the report of what happened after the incident wound down was very vague, and the statements of these mysterious citizens were not recorded. 
And two nights ago, I received a report from she pauses, kind of swallows, says a very reliable source that employees of the Janison Bradford's parchment company were very competently wielding electrum and had enough knowledge of magic that they were able to investigate an assassination that happened right here in this very building using magical means. Later that same night, after one Idifa Belsa was reported missing, and at a time the rest of you were unaccounted for, three unidentified spies accompanied by the active agent of a known terrorist, stormed the estate of a local dignitary and robbed him. And now, here you are, Mr. Belsa, suddenly reappeared alongside several other missing reported tieflings who have also found their way home, telling anyone who will listen stories of mysterious heroes who rescued them. She looks over the four of you as she opens the first of her four files. Karen Stonecutter, Hill Dwarf, 100 years old, wife of Barrington Stonecutter, mother of Basalt, Obsidian, and Emerald Stonecutter. Born in the Hives, came to Yumea City approximately 64 years ago and obtained citizenship. Holds a management position at the Janderson Reference Parchment Company. She opens the next file and looks over at you, Frankie, and says, Francis Delaney Reynolds, human, 22 years old, son of James Reynolds and successor of the late Sarah Reynolds, brother of Amanda, Emily and Emile. Born citizen of Emir City at 17 years old, was offered a full scholarship at YCU but failed to attend. Maintenance worker at the Janderson Breffords Parchment Company. Flinvar Onagon, Lightfoot Halfling, 25 years old. Son of Sir Fledgwig and Lenny Bell Onagon. After completion of training and one year of service, received an honorable discharge from the Yamirsa military four years ago. A member of the sales team at the Janderson Reffords Parchment Company. She opens the fourth file. Idifer Atrix Belsa, official age unconfirmed. Tiefling of Bizalbian lineage. Adopted son of Bolo and Adina Belsa, awarded Ymirsen citizenship approximately 15 years ago. Biological lineage unknown. Employed as janitorial staff at the Janderson Reffords Parchment Company. Finally, she unrolls what you have come to recognize as a scroll and places it on the table, weighed down by pieces of electrum in each corner. The top of the scroll reads, Zone of Truth. <laughs> I'd rather not use this, but if we have to go there, I have no problem with it. She looks at each of you with a sharp, intelligent gaze. So I have a very important question. All of this I know. I also know from your sloppiness that you are not foreign agents of Toth or other place. And I can draw from your actions that if you are criminals, you are not particularly good ones. So I must ask, who in the name of Shiron are you people? We're someone who deserves a darn good thank you. Okay, friend. You know, I think so too. We <sighs> successfully stopped a terrorist attack. Unfortunately, a warehouse was consumed in the aftermath, but um, it wasn't a bank, so that was good. And we fought the assassin, and she was very scary. And I just... <clears throat> and Karen sits up and she says, I just feel like we deserve to know a little bit more of what's going on around here, because we've been searching in the dark for... 
some kind of solution to all of this madness that's going on and nobody seems to know much of anything, least of all us. So it would be quite helpful if you could give us a little bit of information about what the hell we've been doing. Mm. The administrator stares at you like she was expecting timidness, apologies, <laughs> um, like big begging for mercy. And she opens her mouth. And at that moment, the Warforge returns and places a wooden platter on the table in front of you full of pickles and dippable jellies and crackers and <laughs> cheese and all sorts of stuff. Blueberries. And she waits for a moment. Do you guys all just like dig in? Yeah. yeah. I'm so She's so put off by the energy. Yeah, can, Karen will just grab a single blueberry and just like pop it in her mouth. I'm loading so up a confident cracker tower. <laughs> Make it like a cracker. Sam is like a double deck. <laughs> to be honest, we have been dealing with a lot of stuff without knowing much of what we've been doing. And while we're not afraid of consequences, at this point, I think it would be more helpful to all of us if we all got on the same page, Administrator. Mm -hmm. Especially since it just all started because we were just protecting and doing our job with our paper company. That is true. Yeah. It's not our fault that we got involved in uh, the magical underworld of Ymir City. And we don't get paid overtime. We don't get paid overtime, that's also, true. Also, why is there so much underground criminal activity going on? It really, it really pays to, you know, the, it shows that how probably the lacking of, I guess, law enforcement going on in this city, if it's rife with underground activity. If we've same. already been involved with three different uh, criminal organizations, uh, involved with stopping three different co criminal organizations, rather, and we don't even know anything about them. How many of the town's, you know, military, guardsmen, sorry, possibly Warforged, are under the pay of these people? if it's been so quiet up until now. Yes, where is the uproar? Where are the people? Also, why did they, why did one person just call me suspicious? <laughs> well, that was a bit rude. It was that, it was that racist guard that like, when you remember when you first showed, like when you first got discovered at the, at the explosion site and he was like really intent on arresting and questioning you yeah. specifically? Oh yeah, and then we nearly, we, we nearly beat him to death. But then Samurai Jack, I mean. <laughs> Well, well don't tell her about don't tell her about Moshi. <laughs> um, we wouldn't we wouldn't have tangled with him if he hadn't had such a extreme and unfavorable reaction to my dear friend. If he wasn't face. a bigot. If he wasn't a big racist, yes. Mm. Yes, if he wasn't a big racist. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure there's no official records that we needed to be arrested. Well So why were we arrested? They were just like, oh, we're gonna arrest you because we're racist and you look suspicious. That is that is true. That is true. The administrator must be so confused. She's fucking pissed right now. Her lips are becoming smaller and smaller as she is like But look, obviously magical crap has leaked into the underworld of the criminal minds. We were just trying to do our due diligence for what we were employed to do. But I think what you need to know, administrators, is a bigger problem. I had no idea that there was such things as magical crap around. I was just signing contracts, having good commissions, a nice bottle of wine. I was expecting a nice big sale of the year from my wizard friends. And, you know, look at those shiny things holding that piece of parchment down. That's a scroll. That's magic. I should not know that. How many people do know that? And how many of them are criminals? Yes. So... How can we help each other to fix this diabolical situation? She takes a breath, 
reaches down and grabs a, a piece of salami and just eats it. <laughs> Chews it thoughtfully. Well, I must admit, when I came here, I was expecting something different. I have read about you from reports. I have experienced third-hand descriptions mm -hmm. of you. But I did not realize... How hot we were? That is not what I was going to say. <laughs> what I did not realize is that you were all just people. How did you come to find yourselves with knowledge of magic? Girl. And expertise in Electrum. As far as I can tell, according to my notes, you are all long-time citizens of Ymirsa. How did this happen? Well, it all started with a really expensive errand. Yes, we were in the... Well, you might say the wrong place in the right in the wrong time, but uh, as things are going, I wouldn't prefer anybody else to have been with me uh, in Keystone when we discovered that magic existed. Aww. How did you discover that magic existed? We were following up missing chemicals. We were following up missing chemicals, and we opened up a warehouse. You can you can fire up your zone of truth if you want to. There they all were, magical items, ready for the Mafia to take them all away. What type of magical items? Oh, gosh, there was, there was, there was, a, there was a lot of hats. I still don't know if those hats were magical, but they did look very good on you all. And there was, there was a fruit one. She stops <laughs> and she looks at each of you um, and you can see her specifically looking at the necklaces around your necks. Roll me inside check. Oh, yeah. Oh, I rolled a that one. I'm <laughs> Karen got a 22 to insight. 16. Ada got 17. Flimbo got 19. Yeah, so you can tell from her expression as she's examining you that she recognizes the amulets. She knows what they are. Mm. Um, and she possibly has seen them before. If you have anything uh, you'd like to share about the kinds of magical things that we may or may not have found, and Karen just kind of subtly points towards the necklace, please, we're still learning about them ourselves. Feel free. Or should we fire up the zone of truth? <laughs> Try to take it off. Oh, I don't think I want to. No, you can't. <laughs> well... That is by design. Try to take it off. Uh, oh, um... Okay. Well, I, d I don't really want to take it off. I, I, I don't feel like I need to. I, I feel like it's better here. Yes, you do. <laughs> you. Try to remove your amulet. I like it. Anybody? Green's my favorite color. <laughs> oh, this goes matches my bow tie. I can't take it off. <laughs> it actually doesn't. <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> Your bow tie is blue, and the amulet is purple. Hey, those are really nice colors that go. Oh wait, your amulet's red, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, red, red goes with red goes with blue. They're both primary colors. It, it looks good together. Citizens, I guarantee you that if you understood what those amulets were, you would want to take them off. However, I cannot explain to you because the amulets will not allow me to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, well, could you write us a note, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> We've got very nice parchment. She is so nervous. Okay, how's this? <laughs> nothing, 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 nothing. See? Oh, that was so weird because your mouth was doing different things. It was. Mm. Those objects have some history. That is all I believe they will let me tell you. All right, well, you know, we're gonna die one day anyway, so I might as well die looking cool. 
<laughs> I am the administrator of Yumiya City. It is my job to keep everything running. The Emperor is a busy man with a lot of things to do. And there is somebody whose responsibility it is to keep the taxes moving, make sure that the roads are upkept, make sure that the city is happy. This is my job. This is my holy purpose, to make sure that Ymir City is what it is. In answer to your earlier question, I cannot control people. Unfortunately, magic, the remnants of it, are something that exists in the world. And while power exists, people will attempt to claim it. There is little I can do about that. But you will find that for every criminal wielding magical influence and power that is out on the street, there are many more who are not. Who are in the dungeons, who are dead, who are banished, who are, how should I put this, hoisted by their own petard. And don't you think that maybe we have helped? Foil their plan. We've done a little bit of foiling, yes. The reason that I am here speaking to you and not simply sending Warforge to collect you is because the results of your actions have worked in my favor. There is a dangerous criminal who is no longer on the streets plotting. There is a eco-terrorist who seems to have put down their sign and is no longer out there bothering us. And she stops for a moment and looks up at you. And then she taps the same complicated pattern on the shell and she puts it away. She looks at the Warforge and kind of like nods and they leave. She waits a few moments before speaking. I have a proposition for the four of you. I have use right now for agents whose service can be denied. People of such little influence that no one would suspect their involvement of matters of actual importance. Yes, well, I have a blog. <laughs> so you might say I'm a little bit well-known. She ignores you. What's a blog? He, he just, he, he has a journal and sometimes he makes copies and then he posts them up on posts and things. It's, yeah, people I, I, read them. I've read it. It's, it's, mostly, nice. it's mostly about his father's cat whiskers. She like rubs her eyes <laughs> while she waits for you to stop talking. Okay, okay. As I was saying, um, and she produces four silver coins from her purse, which lightly sparkle uh, blue and purple in the afternoon light. These are Imperial seals. If you agree to run some under the table errands for me, you can each take one. Showing them to any guardsmen of Ymir City will immediately have them desist any questioning and you will not be searched further if one is discovered on your person. What do you say? Allies of the Emperor? Or can your eyes flicker to the door where the Warforged are waiting? Something worse. Uh, are we? Mr. Brieford's okay with it? Well, I doubt we'll be losing our jobs. Yeah, I just don't want to lose my job. No, I don't want to lose my job either. You will continue with your current existence. You will not be... You will not be public servants of the Emperor. You will continue with your 
somewhat secret existence. I mean, I'm here, so maybe do a little better on that. Well, it's not like it's not like anybody was uh, giving us any direction. Yeah, no, we weren't really trying. We were just doing what we thought was right. Anyway, uh, yeah, is, is anything else in the seal? Do we get anything else? Any other benefits? Um, I won't throw you in prison. Okay, well, like, that seems all right, so yeah. <laughs> Give me that seal. You may keep the illegal artifacts that I have confiscated from you. And the ones that we find further on that have our cause. Sure. As Karen takes the coin, she'll just kind of hold it for a second. Um, along with the administration, she'll say, I'd like you to lose the files on my family. Oh, girl. I will not create any new files, but I have a record of every citizen of Ymir City, and the lack of such a file would be suspicious. Anything that I do does not come back to them. Under the table means under the table. Good. However, if you should betray me or act against the Emperor's best interests, I will use these connections against you. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, no. That's what I was talking about. Nothing I do comes back to my family. Well, no. Well, I'm not going to have you threaten a child. Well, don't betray the Emperor and then we'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not going to betray the Emperor. Then what the fuck are you worried about? <laughs> don't threaten me with my children. Don't. Don't I pat threaten Karen me. on the back and I'm like, look, Karen's very sensitive about her children. Don't threaten me with my children. She's a mother. I don't know if you know what that's like. Yes, well, unfortunately, I am not able to be a mother. Oh, are you barren? Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> I sink back into my oh, chair. Oh, my God. Like you choked. <laughs> she turns to you and she says, I do not have reproductive organs. I am something that is called an ASMR. Flynn, you actual piece of shit. <sighs> Flynn, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you barren? Oh my God. Jesus I Christ. am one of six, one of five, holy <gasps> servants of Emperor Timerius. Oh. That's exciting. Look, we're sorry. Who are the other, are the other ones? Can we, do we get to meet them? Are they? I think we we've already met. We've already met one. She like starts rubbing her eyes again. She's like, Damn it, sassy. <laughs> sassy. <laughs> sassy. Is that I? Little sister. You would not believe it. <laughs> not believe what I go through for that one. Well, we all make many sacrifices for our family. And our parchment company. And this is one that I'm making for mine. So I would very much appreciated it. Your children exist. I have no interest in threatening a child, but my one and only purpose is to serve the city and to serve the emperor and I must do anything that I can in order to do this. So, if you are worried that something will happen to your children, don't behave against their best interests, and then you have nothing to worry about. Hmm, well. From what I can tell, you already do what is the best thing. You've been doing fine. You have rescued people, you have done nice things for people who deserve it, you have punished people who deserve that. Just continue acting as a good person and you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, Karen huffs a big sign. She says, well, I suppose I have no choice. She'll take the coin. Frankie <laughs> wants to take the coin, but I just can't remember what Cher said to him when he took the, the green one first, because that was really like deep and Frankie would say that. The guard? Yeah, the guard guy when he came to Frankie and was like, hey, see what you did there. And then he said something and it's stuck, but not not, not, good, not good enough. <laughs> I think it was something like, a hero always does the right thing, even if it's not the best thing. Yeah, yeah. so Frankie says that, not necessarily to her, just 
mainly to himself, but aloud. Mm. Yeah. And takes that. And the two of you? Yeah, why not? No. <laughs> <laughs> if you do happen to meet any of my sisters. What's their weaknesses? Except family. Maybe we should ask them if they're barren. If you do happen to meet any of my sisters, they each have their own holy purpose. I cannot guarantee you safety from them if you decide to behave in this way. I think particularly my oldest will not tolerate such talk the way that I have. Sorry, can I just ask your name? My name is the administrator. Yes, no, your name. I've told you my name. I believe you have met my sister, the assassin. But her name wasn't Sassy. Oh, what are the others called? I think that the was chef? just- I, <laughs> I think that was just a cover, darling. That oh. wasn't her actual real name. <laughs> Flynn, you said you were reading. Oh, not about this. I do have a lot of intelligence. <laughs> there remain five holy servants who are loyal to the emperor. Cool. You may meet them in your travels. If you tell them that you know me, perhaps they will give you preferential treatment, but perhaps not. They are their own people. They behave according to their purpose. And if you stand in the way of their purpose, then you may find difficulty. Well, thanks for visiting. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So this is done, right? We can go home. Well, I'd like to continue eating this platter, though. Yeah, I was going to say, this, this, is, this is a pretty good platter. Yeah, she says, um, yeah, just because I thought you would be smarter than this, let me just make it clear, Janice and Bradford's Jr. is not coming. This was a trick to get you here so that I could speak to you in private. Please do not wait for him to arrive because he is not coming. <laughs> She's like kind of speaking down to you now as though yeah. you were children. I'm, I'm glad you, you actual that moron. <laughs> ad ad administrator. Yes. What's going to happen to Barbara? She stands and she leaves. She does not see you. Oh. Rude, but fair enough. Yeah, she kind of seems like a bitch, but okay. But you know. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. So. Yikes, that was intense, guys. You guys are left uh, <laughs> sitting in Janice and Bradford's office, <laughs> eating charcuterie, and with these new imperial seals. Oh, oh. <laughs> could, I, could I do an arcana check on the seal to see if it is it does have any magical properties? Sure, go for it. It'll like blow up if we do something. That is an 18. If there is, it's not something that, like, do you have detect magic or anything no. like that? No. If there is, it's not something that affects you. Sure. I got a two, so I know nothing. <laughs> it's shiny. It's definitely a coin. <laughs> what can we buy? Yeah. <laughs> oh Would God. it be possible to do a history check on the amulets now that she said? Yeah, go ahead. Mm. Uh, history or arcana, go ahead. 17 plus seven. Yeah, so you got, you got like 25, yeah, right? 24? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me just go over what you know about the amulets. Mm -hmm. They attach themselves to you, mm -hmm. and shortly after you gained access and knowledge of magic. You gained the ability to wield magic. Over time, as you did more deeds, you became more powerful, you gained more access to magic, and when you held a magical item of power, significant new power, a weapon specifically, the amulet consumed it, and was it you? Who heard the burp? Me. Yeah. yeah. The rest of you heard like the faint echoes of like slurping sounds. <laughs> you definitely heard a burp. These are not something that like you've like you've literally like never heard of 
items that behave this way before they're not written into lore then there's no legends about them like a like a flying carpet for example something you've probably heard of before yeah. but the way that the administrator responded to them when she saw them leads you to believe that they are very significant but in what way you need more time mm -hmm. and also they like what Idafa said like they appeared to block you from understanding more about them when mm. someone tried to tell you yeah um, you couldn't hear it you just heard the words nothing 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 <laughs> like someone was like going ah, la, 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 over your ears <laughs> and you can't take it off like every time you think maybe i'll take it off you mm, no nah, it's fine <laughs> also it's more like a case of we just don't want to like it makes us not want to i mean it's hard to tell maybe you just don't want to <laughs> I'm not addicted. Is that magic not want to, or just general not want to? You don't know. And so, you finish your charcuterie. <laughs> Is there anything in specifically that you want to talk about before you go home? When's Mr. Breffitt's coming? I defer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Karen. And he, and he like, it looks around like, <laughs> and so, the sun sets. Bringing about a sleepless night for many. Mm. How do you spend your night after all of this? Karen is going to go back to her house and she's going to, she's going to say, Barry, darling, you know, with, uh, with all of the, the things that's been going on in the city lately, the, the geese, that big explosion in the warehouse district, and uh, this, horrible uh, event that happened at the Christmas party. I think it might be a good idea to have a little a little bag for each of us ready to go. Say if we wanted to visit your cousins in the country at short notice. What do you say? Frankie would just be going probably straight home to just check over his scrolls and books and just learn as much as he can about, I guess, everything magic-related that he's had. That, and just make sure he didn't miss anything. Uh, you know, secret signs, maybe secret like little uh, symbols on the side of like pages, and like holding them up into the light, like to put your code. And, like I'm going know. home to study. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything that's like um, consistent over multiple yeah. scrolls, yeah. Ida's gonna go home, and his mom's made a delicious stew. And he just loves it, and he loves his parents, and he's, while they're all down at dinner, he's like, I got an imperial seal today. And he shows them the seal. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go gambling with some buddies, and then go home and practice <laughs> on some spells. <laughs> in the homes throughout the slums, tiefling families rejoice and celebrate the return of their loved ones. What coin is available is spent on liquor and food, and parties erupt sure to last until morning. In many, many more homes, families sit up and hold each other as now they are more sure than ever that their missing ones will not be returning. Oh. Aww. The charity family returns home from a funeral. Their empire-assisted food rations does little to lift their spirits as they eat dinner in silence. In her small home, Cassentia Thulukina Riverstrider is diligently reading by candlelight, <laughs> taking notes using the very stationery her friend Flynn provided for her. In a prison cell beneath the palace, Barbara Oakfell weeps openly, wailing for a daughter that she was supposed to spend a precious weekend with and who now may be out of reach forever. 
In his opulent bed, Janice and Briffords Jr. tosses and turns, haunted by loss and disgrace. In a brown leather chair, overlooking a crackling fire, Mr. Marvelous spins a piece of Electrum expertly over his fingers, sipping a drink and thinking, plotting. At the top of the city wall, the Sphinx Tabaxi, dressed all in black, finishes climbing over the lip and prepares to exit Ymir. He looks back over his shoulder at the lights sprawled out beneath him, and a smirk plays across his face. In a royal boardroom, the administrator rubs her eyes in frustration, tired of giving the same lecture over and over. Sitting across from her, the assassin continues painting her toenails black, <laughs> rolling her eyes in a very blasé way. In the hired room somewhere, a stretched, gaunt-looking elf snaps closed an old, leather-bound book and nods to himself. His path is more clear than ever. All over Yamirsa, tonight it is apparent that even though tomorrow is Monday again, there is more important work to be done. Hello, I believe they've finally left. It is I, the administrator of Ymir City, and holy servant of Emperor Timinius. I've been asked to provide a small piece of advice to the common folk, so here it is. Organization. Keep your notes and your affairs in order at all times. Plan your day so that nothing may surprise you. That is all. My thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. Now be off with you. <laughs>